What, do, what should we do? Should we bring in that, that dipshit Clarence? Yeah, I guess. I guess we'll bring in that dipshit. Hey, that Clarence, come on in here. You big old dumb dumb. Hey, how's it going? I'm Clarence. <laughs> Are you sure you're not Why are you Gomer calling Pyle? me a dumb dumb? That seems not fair. I'm, sorry. I'm not Gomer Pyle. Just not I big... am Clarence the Angel. It's not in the Christmas spirit. I'm sorry. Look, we've got a fella down there on Earth. You want that opportunity to get those, those wings of yours, don't you, Clarence? Yeah, I do, because uh, I ran out of Red Bulls years ago. Oh, I'll look down look down on Earth. You got this fella named Rain Obashelsky. Yeah. He's got a podcast coming out. It might be thematically oh, linked looks to like this a shit. intro. He, I know. Oh. Look, look. Don't <laughs> don't insult him before we've even started the show. He's a nice fella, and he's got a podcast coming out, but he's thinking of oh. stopping podcasting, Claire. Boy, Clarence, you're a lot rougher than you are in the movie. I don't remember you being this much of a pain in the ass. Look, if you go down <laughs> I've there... already been through like at least one of these, and I'm real, real cynical. Okay, that's fair. Help this nice fellow who's got a, a beautiful family and a wonderful podcast coming out and, and convince him to stay in podcasting. I, I Look, I think he's got a contract with iHeart. He doesn't have a choice, but he convince him to stay anyway. Yeah, yeah. And go on down and okay. talk to him. All right. All right. How do I get down there? I haven't been down oh there since God. I died. Jesus Christ! I don't, there's an elevator or something over there's there. All right. Oh, okay. And the logistics of this are not my my department. Uh, I'm, you know I'm what? Little... I'll just I'll just zoom in. How's that? Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop, boop. Boop, boop. That's a new zoom sound. I don't know if you know that. Boop, oh, boop, I, boop. I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, I'll stand oh, back. Here. Hi, this is this is Ray. Who's zooming me? Oh shit! Hi, this is Clarence the Angel. <laughs> Fucking podcast, dude. From the movie? With the, from the I movie. Just, I just did a whole podcast about you. Exactly. So keep fucking doing it, okay? <laughs> just say yes. Uh, so I, I shouldn't give up. No, don't give up. Here's the thing. If you're trying to convince me to <laughs> continue a career in podcast, do we, you're hold not on, from hold heaven. On, hold on, There's hold no on. way you're from heaven. Do we, do we have to do the whole <laughs> thing? Because I... My my stories are coming on in an hour, so I'd really just like you to say, yeah, I'll keep doing it so I can get back and watch my shows. I thought you were going to show me like what the world would be like if I stopped podcasting. Or... Look, let's be honest. It's going to be basically the same. There's going to be just one less entry yeah. in iTunes, all right? That's... <laughs> Yeah, but that just could, but but maybe that was the entry that would have changed everything for someone. You know, you never know. Look, I've seen it. You, you do help a couple folks, okay? Oh, it is, good. it's a thing. People do reference it in a couple papers because he got some good ideas. But uh, generally, uh, you know, Palestine's still gonna get bombed, <laughs> Congo's still gonna be fucked, and the economy's gonna be shitty. And unfortunately, your podcast doesn't fix that. All right. Let's just skip to the part where I just, all right, I'll keep podcasting. Just say yes. I'm going to keep podcasting. Because you know what? You're, Thanks, you're still entertaining and you're still funny, all right? <laughs> all right. Take, take that as it will. Clarence, why are you suddenly from New York? <laughs> uh, we did it. We did it. We did, I don't know. We did, and you I, became I, I from I think that's what, just where I landed before I... Uh, it was... Yeah, you oh, were Gomer Pyle at first. Yeah, I know. Of a sudden, I'm uh, from New York. Uh, hey, uh, you know what? Throw your fucking podcast. Who gives a goddamn? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bada boom. All right, here we go. I'm ghosting here. Holy shit, <laughs> Ray. Hey, guys, that was better than the hey, original. Ray. Hey, <laughs> Thanks yeah. so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my old friend Ray Novoselsky is here on the podcast for the first and last time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not last time by my decision. Ray's going to quickly at the, the end be like, yeah, this the is first, I'm, I'm a first half yeah. the time. For the first half the time, it's going to be. Mm -hmm. He's committed to 30 minutes. I've got maybe 25. Um, we will. I think it's obvious what you're talking about, but we might as well tell tell people up top and we'll talk about it again at the end and maybe throughout. But tell what your podcast is, because it's a, yeah. a delight. And I don't just say that. So obviously, I, yeah, I did. I did. a Sure. I did a podcast on Taxi Driver. Obviously, <laughs> you clearly understand that based yeah, on the yeah. opening. Mm -hmm. um, Pablo, no, go away. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, my son is currently knocking on the. Oh my god, are you done with the podcast yet? It's like I told him to do this. It's too perfect. Uh, Five minutes no, in, man. Not done with the podcast yet. All right. So I got. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, guys, for having me on. I did a podcast called George Bailey Was Never Born, and uh, it's a ten-episode audio documentary podcast from iHeart about uh, the movie It's a Wonderful Life, and it's really a. Uh, you know, just to get douchey right off the bat, it's really about us. It's about oh, us and our ooh. connection to, the, to this movie, right? Mm -hmm. The proverbial us. Is that a proverb? Is that a sure. Us Let's just say. A proverbial, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? So that's it. It just got released November 21st. Um, wherever people get their podcasts. It's not at like non-podcast places. It's only where people get their podcasts or wherever people are doing that. 
I I uh, get them off of audio cassette from dudes on the corner. <laughs> oh, well, iHeart promises me you'll be able to get it wherever you get your Perfect. podcast. So good, good, because yeah, yeah. uh, that's the only way to listen to it is audio tape <laughs> recorded yeah. off of something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like it's super weird. I had um, I uh, had a guy who uh, a friend of mine who like produces documentaries and he was listening to me and uh, listening to the podcast and he said that he thought it was the most eccentric thing he'd ever heard mm-hmm. and I'll go ahead and take that I'm gonna mm-hmm. go ahead and take that I, I, mm-hmm. I, I we haven't gotten too many reviews mm-hmm. so that's the closest to one so and everyone just listen to it and long. give it a real good review yes yeah. please that's your responsibility. No, that, that would that would really help, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, we're hoping to get an Apple. Yeah, it's actually a really good place for reviews. That is accurate. Yeah, and they won't let you review. They actually try to. It's really funny. I, I don't. They will make you actually listen to like um, several of the episodes before they let you uh, place oh. a review. Did you know this? No, yeah, I did. I, I did. I, I'm pretty sure that's a new thing. I'm pretty sure uh, most of any of my old podcasts, the shittiest reviews were from them. Listening to one episode uh, where I was a bad interviewer and didn't know what I was doing. Anymore. And they're like 10 years in, like, how does this guy not know anything? It's like, dipshit, I've been doing this for 10 years now. Could you please? Uh, yeah. So that's a good requirement. <laughs> that's nice. That's good to hear. Um, it is kind of good, right? That they actually yeah. do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you see a review at the George Bailey was never born feed, you know, somebody actually had to at least put it on play and then walk out of the room for like four times or five yeah. times. And yeah, yeah. They wrote something, you know, but Ray, uh, anyway, <laughs> this well here, we don't always do all interview stuff, but I am curious because I know that this is a movie, this this a movie. Sorry, I've barely been drinking. This is a movie that I've heard you talk about. Uh, you and I ha- are, have certainly shared oh. our obsessions and love of other films. So this is maybe not one we talked about a ton. Actually, I think I only in recent years started to really love this movie because I grew up and my mom wouldn't, this is weird. My mom wouldn't let us watch Schmaltz. She wouldn't let us watch stuff that was good and made you feel good. So I missed out on a lot of really good stuff, including It's a Wonderful Life as a Kid. So I know what this movie is to you and why you love it so much. Why it's important to Ray Novichelsky. Yeah, I, you know what I think it is? I'm a contrarian. So this mm-hmm. is like the least cool movie of all time. It's sort of universally like eye roll as soon as you hear someone go, my favorite movie, it's a, it's a Wonderful Life. You just know that's not a person you want to go have a drink with. You just <laughs> want to walk past them. But uh, I, I actually found that the movie's like way darker than its reputation. And for years, I would tell people who were dismissive of it, like, maybe watch it at not Christmas time. Like, just yep. watch it as a movie, and you will have, like, an experience. And um, the, the episode one, which we call the People's Movie, starts with a public domain drop in 1974 that saw it, like, playing around the clock to the mm-hmm. point where it became national parody and all these people trying to remember back the first time they'd seen it wasn't it because like, like they forgot to copyright it or some shit like that yeah we actually for the first to um go deeper into that and talk with the people at nta who failed to copyright it and we found out it was rashida jones's grandpa oh fuck. yeah interesting she, he was in charge of illegal yeah that's yeah, well, yeah. we should uh we should you should get her on the podcast and just ream her out <laughs> he's like she, pass she this was... on to your dad well, I mean, I mean, the movie was a huge failure so if it hadn't uh if it hadn't done the public if it hadn't done that it if it hadn't been uh, just yeah. cheap to air yeah it, it would never have aired do, do well, at so any point in the in yeah go dan you still oh, have that crazy say, filter on you you're staring that. into the camera and you're not actually doing it ray those are not his real eyes he's got this so i'm so sorry never mind it's just upsetting Anyway, ask. Is that not your real background? I actually bought that. So just so you know, right now, I am looking off to the side. I'm not looking at the camera. He's got a fucking filter on and it makes me. You can tell when I blink. I hate it. You see my eyes slide every time I blink. Oh, wow. (laughs) And and that totally throws. Do you do that to throw Jason off? Yeah, he does. I tried to do it to see if you would notice, but Jay fucking hates it. Yeah. Yeah. Hates it so much. Makes me angry. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny, it's just, uh, but uh, I was, yeah, ask, ask your, no, Dan, ask your fucking question, you monster. No, because this might turn into, this is might turn into a whole uh, diatribe thing. Yeah, or like, okay, well, I will just ask hole, Ray so. the very quick question I had for him, you which is, I, I, I will <laughs> yeah. say, I love that movie, uh, but uh, while I was researching my book, as it happens, It's a Wonderful Life did come up in my research for that. Uh, really? Briefly, did at any point you cover uh, the full length 
uh, overdub that the UCB wrote and performed of It's a Wonderful Life. I'm so happy to hear you bring that up. In episode four, which is also uh, your episode that you uh, played the real life kind of uh, allegedly sleazy uh, attorney from Republic Pictures who stole <laughs> Wonderful Life back from public domain mm -hmm. via a series of uh, maneuvers that people can hear in the Corporations movie episode four, including you voicing that. But uh, mm -hmm. yes, we uh, we talked with uh, Jay Martell, who was the co-creator with UCB oh, yeah. of that. Yeah, okay. And he told us, you know, I don't know if you are aware, you probably are, but the, like there are clips of this online, so I just assumed they were clips pulled from the full thing that came out, and it mm -hmm. wasn't until I talked with him that I found out that actually it never came out, because right, right after the character you played, James Tierney, like ripped it back out of public domain, that company, Republic, got acquired by Viacom, and Viacom also owned Comedy yes. Central, mm -hmm. so by the time they were finishing Escape from Wonderful Life, this very hilarious take on Wonderful Life, uh, that basically Viacom was like, you know, it'd be better for our NBC deal if we didn't, like, you know, have let them put out the thing that you just paid for. So they're like, oh, we'll shelve it. Because it's, you know, yeah. corporate media. Well, of course we'll shelve it. You know? Hooray. So, yeah. Why, it, it, am I being dark? <laughs> It Pull, weirdly the WB on it. So yeah, that came up in in my book because I was interviewing. Uh, oh my god, my brain has fried. One of the heads of Comedy Central at the time, who was like also like he was responsible bringing the UCB guys to Comedy Central, and therefore he was part of them okay. like turning. Probably worked with Jay Martell and them to be like, hey, let's make this happen. And yeah, he told me exactly what you told me. He's like, yeah, we did thing, and we were figured we were good to go, and then. This deal fucked us royally. And that's the first thing that was would have mm -hmm. been other than Conan, the first like UCB thing to be on TV, like because they were on Conan in bit parts, mm -hmm. but it'd be the first like UCB sort of authored thing to be on TV and it never made it, which I still haven't seen the full yeah. thing. So he, he shared it. He shared it with us uh, and gave us permission to use it. So we used some of the best clips from it. Yes. It's a great, nice. my favorite one is the, the famous telephone scene where George and Mary are on the phone with the like douchey buddy, friend mm -hmm. of me, Sam Wainwright. Mm -hmm. And uh, in this one, George is trying really hard to not end up with Mary. So he says that he and Sam are gay lovers. And then he puts <laughs> Sam on the phone. Tell her, tell her we're gay. And Sam goes into this long bit where he's just like, I can't speak for George, but I, I'm sure not gay. Uh, you name a place I've had sex with a woman there. And he just starts listing it. It's just like freaking <laughs> Dang it. I banged in you, movie house. <laughs> I, I did ask for a copy of that. I forgot it. I'm glad to know that that, that it made it in there. Okay, good. Because I have not heard every episode yet. I <clears throat> had not gotten to mine yet. Yeah. So at right least on. you know I'm not listening just for just to hear me. Um partially. Don't get yeah. I have a healthy. Well, Jay Martell even Jay comes back even in uh in episode nine, which is all about uh, you know, Mary Bailey and whether she was the real hero of Wonderful Life and mm -hmm. uh because because in in Escape from Wonderful Life, she takes over the role because George doesn't want to do it. He wants to go do other stuff. And yeah, I don't, yeah. anyway, do. it's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was gonna it. say like for the copyright part of that, that's uh that's what the uh, riff tracks thing is interesting about um, hmm. when they did that. For those who don't know, riff tracks is the uh, folks who did Mystery Science Theater three thousand, mm -hmm. and now mm -hmm. they do either like MP threes for m popular movies or video on demand for things that are less popular or they do like kickstarters now and stuff to pay for rights um and they did it's a wonderful life last year um and it's about 107 minutes because it excised all the non-public domain pieces mm, out of it weird um and it's uh the end of it is a very one two skip a few uh-huh that's very weird <laughs> it's kind of like hey clarence what's up i'm gonna run around a little bit and then happy new year <laughs> like, oh my god wow. that's so yeah, weird it's pretty it cuts out like basically the whole main piece. Of Jesus it. Christ! Because that you is... know how they did that. If, if a if a composition was written for the movie, it fell in the public domain with it. But there were a bunch also, of also material that got... from The Greatest Gift apparently makes it somewhat copyrighted. So anything that was from The Greatest Gift, they had to cut out. That's fucking stupid. Yeah, but so that's weird. So that is that is basically Act Three then. But uh, you know, yeah. I got. We, we got a podcast license from the grandchildren of Philip Van Doren Stern, who wrote The Greatest Gift, and mm -hmm. we got a real, we got very much schooled in how they see, like, we were very, we were pushed to not use the term, like, it fell in the public domain, uh -huh. and I was like, well, okay, seemingly fell in the public domain, it was widely believed to be in the public domain, we had to, like, we, to make to be respectful to them and their uh -huh. point of view on the legalities here, we had to use <laughs> phrases like that. Okay. Um, 
even though it's like the most famous public domain movie in the world. But yes, yeah. if it came from their story, which was like a few specific, to, you know, kind of, it's like, it's yeah. debatable. Where does their story end in the movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it really felt like they Jesus basically Christ. cut out most of the third oh. act. It was, wow. we were watching that and Harry's like, that was the whole movie. <laughs> it was, it's very jarring. That's really weird to me. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Do it's, it's still very entertaining. No, I'm, I'm sure. Um, trying to think what the fuck was I going to ask you? I don't know. I'm, I'm drinking. Dan, what are you drinking? Let's start. Let's do that very quickly. Do what are our beer sponsors? I Ray, I didn't tell you, you could model. have a drink. You might not drink I, anymore. I don't know, but you're are welcome you to have a drink. Right now? I don't know. Ray, when's the last time we hung out? 10 years ago. Uh, I made it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's You're the uh, Menage a Trois Midnight Dark Red Blend okay. from California 2021. It's a California one. Let the deep, dark magic of midnight embrace you. Velvety mm-hmm. blackberry flavors Oh, linger on your lips like a stolen kiss. I thought that said finger because the LL looks weird. <laughs> Do you think it's about great flavors? Finger on your lips. <laughs> that's how. That's how. Is that how you get uh, sexy by the way, in the nighttime? This, this, yeah. I have. I drank all this. I drank all this today. Jesus Christ. We had D and D, and then this. I'm having a single oh, beer no. that is a blue moon knockoff. Ray, what do you got in your cup? Water. You know, I made some espresso right before this because I didn't. I kind of didn't recognize your text until about twenty minutes before we were going to record, and I, I, I realized like I was ready to pass out because yeah. you know, I got a I got a kid. And that's just what happens to you, I guess. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I had to. I had to get an upper. That's fair. That's, that's more than fair. Yeah. So uh, I don't. I don't know if there's a recording of this, Ray, but this might be an interesting thing for you too. Hmm. Uh, a few years ago, one of our local guys. So this is actually more than a few years ago. This was a local to Boise, apparently. Yes. Boise? Okay. They. Uh, it's one of the guys who's really well known in the Shakespeare Festival. Thing. Hmm. Okay, so no tweet. Um, <laughs> did a <laughs> did a uh, one man show called "This Wonderful Life." How do you do that as a one show? Which was about "It's a Wonderful Life." Uh-huh. And how it influenced him. And basically, he just gives you kind of a play by play of the movie and tries to do jokes that are. It was very um, wow. uh, pompous. <laughs> um, it was it was it was bad. <laughs> um, very full of himself. Uh-huh. <laughs> and in fact, when I was trying to remember, um, remember more about it, the only review I find is this wonderful life. A not so wonderful place. So yeah, I went that's out about right. Uh, <laughs> At seventy minutes in length, this wonderful life was a cascade of only occasionally witty dialogue and often slick pathos. Before <laughs> opening the play as a raconteur who was able to deliver about ten minutes of gushing over his favorite movie before losing much of the crowd's interest, the audience quickly <laughs> became wise to the unoriginal, effusive commentary and laughter at the narrator's jokes. Thinned. One person left the theater mid-performance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, so I don't cruel. know if they recorded that, if it's on YouTube anywhere. <laughs> it's beyond oh. cruel. But oh. uh, yeah, well, that was did... about 10 years ago. Okay. You know, I, the, there was another one-man play that opened in uh, in New York City in like 2001. We interviewed the guy who uh, starred in that, Jason Grossman. And he actually <laughs> made it with, it was like directed by his then wife, who is now his ex-wife. And so they interviewed with me on Zoom as like ex-spouses to tell the oh, story That's of weird. this. Yeah, and I found out during the Zoom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, huh. I kept wanting to ask about that. All of a sudden, I just wanted to bail on my interview and just start asking them about like how they're still getting on Zooms. It's like, you know, divorced people. And then, hey, what caused you to get divorced? Was, uh, was it Wonderful Life? Did one of you like it more than the other? <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay, so it was written wow. by Steve Murray. So he wasn't the first one to do this show. Weird. So the guy uh, in Boise... Cleveland was, here at Cleveland Playhouse. That's so weird. wait, Cleveland, how is he doing a one man show that's somebody else's opinion of of the of it's a full that's weird to me. One man shows typically are just masturbatory yeah. odes to yourself. Oh. <sighs> yeah. So what is damn. it the whole? No, it's just a trailer. Oh, just they they talk about it in Cleveland Playhouse and uh-huh. Cleveland Shakespeare Festival is owned by the same folks who did. Oh, the, so he must have just done it there uh, and then did it at Boise. 
I'm assuming. Yeah, must okay. be. But uh, looks like someone was doing it again recently because that was from two years ago. That trailer I saw. All right, here's my question. I'm gonna ask this of oh, both of you, and then I. Life at Kick May stage. A lot of people did it. Very weird. I I have a question for the both of you. I'm gonna start with Dan because he's a weirdo. Dan, yeah, if you were to do a one-man show about a movie that impacted your life immensely, what's the one-man show that Dan does? You don't have to oh. title it, but I'm down to hear the title. There's one movie that means... A one-man show about a movie that heavily influenced my yeah. life. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, the thoughtful look on Ray's That's face a difficult is the one. most adorable thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Ray, you have just the, the most expressive ever. face. It's very... I love good. you. <laughs> Dan, Dan, what is it? Come on, hit me. Uh... No pressure. I can go to Ray. Man, Ray I mean, might have an answer something, already. Something that definitely, like, I think really, like, struck me, mm -hmm. even though they hated doing it. Emmanuel in was space. basketball. Oh, basketball. Okay. Sure. Emmanuel in space. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. Okay. You love, all right, basketball. I feel like that okay. was, uh, like, one of the first movies I saw after growing, like, nearly growing up, uh -huh. that really, I felt like, got me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> humor wise that's fair that's it's like all the, the culmination of everything that influenced me in my entire life is basically <laughs> in that fucking movie i haven't seen oh. that movie since maybe 2000 or 1999 i have not really seen yeah, I, yeah, we yeah. had we we watch it so we've uh, we haven't watched it in a little bit but mm -hmm. we bought it on dvd and we've watched it pretty regularly okay all right, so that's your uh, that movie i got yelled at because i was watching it in the evening mm -hmm. and I believe Steve was still a baby, and mm -hmm. I was laughing so hard mm -hmm. that they yelled at me because it was going to wake up the baby. <laughs> think on the title mm -hmm. of your one-man show, Dan. Give it a thought. Now I want to know what Ray's is. I know. Please, I have to Ray, think on me. that one. Ray, yours and mine might be the same, but hit me with before... it. Yeah, well, before I tell you, uh, in response to the basketball answer, can I tell you a very brief uh, anecdote? Yes, about, anything. Mm -hmm. About basketball? So. Yeah. David uh, David Cassidy, uh, who who actually was a producer on the George Bailey was never born, and he's like a longtime Barbara Koppel producer, and he just got elected this year to uh, County Council Red Bank, New Jersey, and he's mm -hmm. a volunteer firefighter there. Mm -hmm. And and yes, he does go to that comic book store and hang out with like Kevin Smith's okay. buddies or whatever the hell <laughs> that deal is. But yeah, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we we were filming the documentary of Murder in Mansfield. And there's this very L.A. guy, this producer who went back a, a number of years who was involved with the project named John Morrissey. And anyways, we're, we're, we're shooting in Mansfield, Ohio. He, this was a guy who had produced American History X. And now he's like come down to our little doc world and is making this whole thing with us. And we're all at this Chinese restaurant. And he's like, let's all go around the table and say what our favorite movies are. And so we each do. And John Morrissey has just given an answer that was some sort of a, you know, 1960s, I think, French or Italian film, right? And then it goes straight over to Dave Cassidy. And, and with no irony whatsoever, he says basketball as a <laughs> follow-up to, like, Fellini. And I just, that was when I, like, decided I wanted to be that guy's best friend. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Movie. One-man show. You don't have to have the title ready if you don't want. What do you got, Ray? So you, you, I heard you say, Jason, that you thought maybe we were going to end up having the same one. I'm going to cop out and give the same answer that I would have given in third grade and that okay. anyone who's met me would go, that's the answer he's going to give, which is Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Same answer. Yeah. Uh -huh. but, same answer. Okay. Yes. But tell me about it. Because the thing is, you would have seen it <laughs> earlier than I would have because I didn't live here when it came out. I didn't until I moved back here oh. from Germany. So I didn't see it like I wasn't here during the, the actual heat of Michael J. Fox. You know, well, let me tell you. You really want to feel Michael J. Fox's heat. heat? Yes, I do. <laughs> if you want to feel Michael His J. Fox's heat, but oh wow, <laughs> you're my mom. yeah, you're man. My... I don't know. I don't know how that scene still works. Fucking like, great. It does oh, that's, my, can... that's my penis. <laughs> Wait a minute, mom. Oh, oh, Marty, hold on. I just want to stick it in my mouth. <laughs> Jesus oh, Calvin. <laughs> Jesus, you're too drunk. I don't man. know why I called you Marty. I'm still young. <laughs> um. You know, my memory, and I, it feels like this must be a false memory because there's no way this can actually literally be true, but uh, that is that the first time I went to see a movie in the theater, which is around the time I was five, which would have been when that was in theaters, was mm -hmm. to see that movie, and somehow it became... So my parents take me to one movie, just rolling the dice, like, why don't we try this Back to the Future thing, and it just <laughs> I just become obsessed with it for life, you know? So what about you? I first don't... Time. I couldn't have seen it until... The first time I saw it in theaters, not until 
the 20th or 25th anniversary at the Arclight. So I saw it like on VHS, probably, ooh, probably at Miles Dan is my guess. I, I think my buddy Mike or my buddy Dustin would have had it on VHS. And so 89? That's probably when I would have seen it. 89? Really? I, I definitely didn't see it in theaters. Okay. So yeah, later, later, much oh, later. Imagine, so 89 or 90 It would have been guess. a little bit later than that. Yeah. Because I it, met you in 90. Okay. Yeah. 90. Sure. That makes sense. I, I, but I also did know Family Ties. And I'm not sure if it was from, because all of our reruns in Germany were like a year late. I don't know. I remembered mm. very much always loving Michael J. Fox. And then when I, somebody showed me Back to the Future, I was like, oh my God, this is fucking great. And then just, it never stopped being a good thing to me. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. It's always just been, it's always just been part of who I am to the point where, I don't know if I've, if, if I've ever mentioned this to you, but when Ray and I lived together in LA for the first, we lived together for five weeks for the semester in LA for Columbia college, Chicago, we went around several weekends to different back to the future locations. And like, I would like take a little rock and put it in a baggie. I still have those rocks. Uh, <laughs> I, I, took, I took a little bit of plaster off the oh, wall of the gymnasium where they played, uh, where the champion under the sea dance, put that in a baggie mm -hmm. probably has asbestos in it now that I think about it. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Although I will uh, fully, I, I Ray knows the film better than I do because like we were there and Ray's like, yeah, I, I think this is the spot. Hold on. Okay. So I'm going to stand here and you just push me over. <laughs> Because he wanted, oh, right. to play, he wanted to play wow, the redhead that George McFly pushes over. <laughs> that was the, the dorkiest of a lifetime of dorky things that I have done. But that's got to go down as you got to push me onto the gymnasium floor. <laughs> you did, to be fair, you did also reenact Marty's Gatolo and scoot it across the stage. And it was classic. It was beautiful. It was like pure oh, joy. God. It was childish joy in the face of a 23-year-old yeah. kid. And I'm like, this is good. This is very oh, good. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> the uh, I, I tried to reach out so for the because um uh the al evil alternate 1985 and like the empowered Biff and all that was always rumored to have been inspired by Pottersville in, in sure a life so mm. of course I had to shoehorn that into episode one and we yeah. reached out to Bob Gale mm -hmm. and Bob Gale's um agent responded that he that uh Bob doesn't make comments about Biff and uh and Trump okay. Mm. Sure. So uh, we actually included our narrator saying that, and then, mm -hmm. uh, because he's an omniscient angel narrator, we would <laughs> yeah. have to say, well, out of respect for him, then we won't bring you inside any of his private conversations on the matter. But because uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's actually hundreds of uh, tweets if you Google Biff plus Trump. Of course, there's probably hundreds of tweets of anything plus Trump. At yeah, time, at this which point, is, which tells you what which you know sliding doors reality we live in but uh -huh. yeah right uh -huh. <laughs> we've always said I, i've been saying we live in the darkest timeline it's true yeah a little where, where, yeah we're we're in the everything on fire timeline yeah um <laughs> well that, i think that's the one where 2021 went differently though but anyway okay so uh and, let's not go yeah let's not go there uh anyway <laughs> but, uh, it's uh <laughs> basketball <laughs> takes it all Basketball takes it all is the name of your okay. You've thought of it. You had to get it out there. Good thing. I'm by the way. I'm not. Yeah. I am listening. I'm practicing active listening. I, I'm trying to find that Ray. I'm realizing I have never sent to you, and I feel stupid. I have to send this to you anyway. Continue your love of Back to the Future, Ray. Uh, my cheap, my cheap little Back to the Future story that's uh, that we tell in episode ten of the podcast. Weirdly enough, because we went meta and it becomes my like autobiographical, which mm. I realized. It's pretentious as fuck. But we took we did the first nine episodes, right? And I was like, I don't want to write a tenth one. I don't even want to think about what it is. We don't know what the proper ending is until we mm -hmm. see what the hell it is we actually what journey we took people on. Sure. And then we had like six weeks left and it was like, I got no ideas. I don't know how we end this. There's no way to end it. And um Kurt Engfer, who was the producer editor of Bowling for Columbine and Fahrenheit 911, he and his wife. Uh, cut all the episodes and were really in charge of, uh, of post and the creative side on that and they were like you know my wife elizabeth marcus keeps um suggesting we've been calling it the ray episode because like people are like kind of going to want to know what the hell is your point and why did you just take me on this like nine yeah why do you care about it yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly fair fair so they, con they convinced me because i was like you know actually there are a fair number of points in which like my origin story actually sort of connects to this movie so let's let's do mm -hmm. it you know but uh, with Back to the Future, I, I directed, I convinced my uh, friends in third grade to practice and learn all the lines at, at like several months of recesses. And then I convinced the teacher to let us all put it on at the end of the school year. Oh, my <laughs> God. I play Marty, of course. Of course. Uh, of course. 
And it's like, it's sort of legendary amongst these St. Malachy elementary school kids where like, mm-hmm. if they run into me, they'll still bring up like, back <laughs> for future play. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 30 years of it now. Mm-hmm. But that's how, that's how big a hit it was. I love it. School. Yeah, that's yeah. phenomenal. There We've both go. played Marty on stage now, Ray. That's very exciting to me. Took oh, me a, you did a, a drinking game? Oh yeah, several times. I begged because okay, oh, yeah. real quick, they did it. So anybody who doesn't hasn't heard of the show before, a drinking game is a show that I did in LA and we'll be doing in Detroit at some point where uh audience drinks, so does the cast, and we do stage readings of famous movies. Back to the Future is one that they did their second show ever. I test bride the next week they were gonna do Back to the Future. I'm like, I'm not doing that to my liver twice in a month. So I didn't do it. Uh, I regret it. I was like, but I knew I wouldn't have been Marty. I don't look like him. It's fine. So we did, uh, uh, but the guy, the guy who played Doc was being Captain Irony and said 1.21 gigawatts. The audience booed because he did not do the line reading because <laughs> what a fucking idiot. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's bad. That's terrible. That is, that's a horrible thing. And so I did yeah. and like at the end of like that's Ferris fail, Bueller, man, I'm like, they're like, all right, give me your Marty McFly. And drunkenly, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, doc. And I was like drunkenly doing it, but enough to get it. And then, yes, we did it a few times. We did uh, three or four times. God damn it. I love doing that show. And it got funnier the balder I got because every time the script start referring to Marty as having a full head of hair, which was unnecessary to mention except yeah. for look at me um i cannot find this photo i'm gonna find yeah. it right this is really driving me crazy um but i figured it would i be- think by the way you you worked out that marty impersonation during that five week semester in la like where we were going to this uh, location did i because i remembered i remember being like marty you gotta come back with me i remember doing a bunch of docs and you started doing that squeaky voice it's marty. your kids your kids and are I assholes was- marty <laughs> And I've been like, I've been doing Marty as a squeaky voice ever since to just basically stealing your impression because he doesn't really do it like that in the movie. But no, no, just bits and pieces where he like it where it breaks through. But I'm like, I don't know how to do Michael J. Fox outside of that because I'm not David Spade. If you've ever heard David (sighs) Michael J. Fox, it is fucking perfect. It is the best impression I've ever heard. It's so good. Marty, your son's (laughs) buying Bitcoin and your daughter's got an OnlyFans, Marty. Call me when my mom's got an OnlyFans. Look, um, <laughs> it's so weird. It awaken wow. something in me. Wait, what? What is it? Also, me that like she's also the the most attractive I've ever found a woman in a movie. Like, I still have the biggest crush on yeah. Lily Thompson so much, and it's just like, yeah, yeah but this is an editing. You shouldn't. That that's this is weird. This is weird that you're having. But I feel like I don't. Think, I don't think it's the edible edible part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't think it's the edible part. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I've thought about this a little bit because sure, she's yeah. super fucking hot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because we all have a perception mm-hmm. of how ladies are in the 50s. Sure. Sure. And they're not supposed to be fucking horn dogs like she oh. is. Yeah. She's the and horniest that just makes character. Her even hotter. And on top of that, she's just fucking attractive. Yeah. 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 That's true. And that's she's true. also just generally hot. So it just adds like that layer of, oh, she's being naughty. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, yes, I definitely. George McFly was spying on her, sure. but I wouldn't be surprised if she purposely left those curtains open, is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. a, that is certainly a possibility. I hadn't thought, you know, uh, first uh, quick thing, Crispin. I mean, Glover... it's fucking street facing, <laughs> the street facing fucking window. At the very least, she's got across the street neighbors. That's true. That's very true. It's not even a big street. It's just a two-lane fucking street. Dan and she's right on the goddamn sidewalk. I'm, Dan, we've never really just talked saying, about Back to the Future. I can't believe that I've never... I'm just saying she did it on purpose. Okay. She was asking for it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Daniel. The spying. The spying. Not this bullshit. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. That that's also the most uncomfortable scenes in the history of movie, for me, movies for me. It's like I remember being very upset that mm-hmm. Biff was doing a bad thing to her, uh, and then was very excited that George. It's just uh, a perfect movie. It's a perfectly written film, even it, for its weaknesses. It's great. Hey, you get your damn hands off! Ah, like I don't know. He like never quite finishes that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like an exhaust. He doesn't like... need to, man. <laughs> He, he, he just uh, can't believe what he's already seen. Like he's like, man, if I'd have been here five minutes earlier, I can't believe how far into this situation it already is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. <laughs> you mean you're gonna Whoa. touch her on her? <laughs> you think I should swear? <laughs> God damn it! I love that so much. <laughs> I'm trying to find you something, Ray. Well, you this is really doc. pissing me off. Find uh, me something. God 
Uh, should we all sit in silence so we don't distract? You <laughs> no, okay, no, right? goddammit. <laughs> no, no, I feel like you've been interrupted enough. Is there any any other thought have on? Okay, no, Lids, uh, since you have now. He still has to come out with the name of his one-man show. That's true. I don't know if you have oh. that ready. I was supposed to come up with the name. Oh, okay. You don't have to. It's something you can what think are, about. What are one-man shows named? Usually pretentious. Usually, Usually something super pretentious. Or it's yeah. got your name in it, like, you know. But Ray to the future. Back to sound. my future. Yeah, I mean, well. it's, yeah, that's also some shit they would do. Yes, not to insult you, right? But yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, just you, like you this wonderful life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Nailed. here we go. Here we go. I can't believe it. What about back the to future? Just to, <laughs> just to keep the nationalism the same. <laughs> just. I, I don't know what that means, but I kind of want to see it. Come on, I found thing and now it won't save. I'm gonna fucking blow my brains out. Oh, I need an angel to come down to save. <laughs> Save my shit. Hey, yes. what's up? It's me, Clarence. <laughs> Clarence, you have changed. <laughs> oh man, you're back. I, I told well, you. For I'm, you, I'm for you, it's only been a few minutes. For me, it's been like three thousand years, <laughs> and I've just been fucking drinking. They didn't give me my wings, even though they promised. <sighs> it's just bullshit. So I okay. just saying. I know I think, another angel who's got some good ideas. I think. I think it'd be better if every time you accomplish a mission, you get another set of wings. So by now, oh God, Clarence is this now you know like how biblically wings. accurate angels came out about. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ray, I'm going to send you something in a second, and my apologies if I already sent to you, sent it to you. But I'll give you a story, and I'll talk about what I guess my one couldn't be about. Let's, for the sake of uh, mixing it up, I won't say it's about Back to the Future. I will just make it about news radio because it's my favorite show of all time, and. Ray, you can't see around the room all the news radio staff, but I've got a lot. Of, you can see one of the mugs back there, but I've got a lot of news radio shit. One of Phil Hartman's ties is over here. Yes. One of his costumes is over here. There's a lot of stuff going on. Um, so I would make my one about news radio. I'd have to think about what I would call it, but it would for sure. I'm sure I could come up with some way to link my my life into you know some way. But I, I guess that's what it is. What? Oh fuck! What would I call it though? Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I don't have a good title yet. But long story. I, 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 I feel like Very you should call story. it like rocket fuel power yeah. in my life. Something. Sure, sure. Rocket fuel can go in there. That's that's not a bad idea. Um, oh man, so, can, I bu- can I bust your balls about that podcast for one like sure. one quick second? You know what I think is hilarious is that so you have this this very successful news radio podcast for so long, and you had on essentially every major yeah. creative except yeah. two, and those were your uh-huh. choices. Yeah. That's what I think is really funny. Two mm-hmm. people you didn't include. Oh, one yeah. of them. Joe Rogan, because we all uh-huh. know if you want a successful podcast, uh-huh. don't have Joe Rogan on. Oh yeah, that's it. That's my ball. Bump. Yeah, yeah. That's no, that's bump. fair. He can. I, he, <laughs> Joe Rogan can go fuck himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Andy Dick and a man who's if we aren't doing MDMA, tried, he's not going to be on your podcast anymore. A man who has tried to dismantle democracy as we know it. I think I'm okay not having him on. Also, the least skilled act of the group. <laughs> He's the Tony oh Danza, gosh. and that is an insult to Tony Danza. He, he is a terrible. Absolutely actor. is. That's. Um, and the problem I is, Andy Dick. Acting, Andy Dick's and a I pervert. Hate him as a people. Andy Dick is a pervert and a sex offender, and he's the funniest fucking physical actor on that show. And it really breaks my heart that he's a piece of shit. But what do you? Get? I interviewed everybody else. And then the shit he said about Phil Hartman too. Oh yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Apparently, you know, was involved with potentially. I've heard a recent story, by the way, that does uh, any person uh, bringing uh, uh, bringing Brent along to their uh, <clears throat> their their uh, medical adventures, and um, he might not be the only reason she. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, yep. So early 2020. Uh, do you remember early 2020? This is before the pandemic happened. I go to Sun Valley, California. Oh. And when I go to Sun Valley, California, I get Phil Hartman's tie. I get his suit from the space episode. I get a bunch of other stuff. And um, as I'm going around, Ray, I see a bunch of, like, I see some bigatures. Anybody doesn't know what a bigature is? It's a large miniature, usually to stand in for a building or something. I see a bunch of buildings. None of them look familiar, except for one. It doesn't have anything on it. But it looks very familiar. And I had to do a little research later. Ray, I've just texted you a picture of it. I want you to tell me if you recognize it at all. Might take you. you before my apologies. This won't be that big of a. Uh, this won't be that mind blowing. But it, I will tell you right now, it's not behind a barrier. It's just sitting there. I could have thrown it in a truck if I truck at the time if I wanted to be a call and steal this. This is where people keep a lot of their props from movies or from. Does it look from? Can you see it? I, it hasn't come through yet. Oh, it hasn't come through. My apologies. Oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. This is uh, Biff Biff's tower, right? That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Biff without Biff? without Biff on it, with name on it. But it's just sitting there, fucking out wow. in the open, and I was just like, "That's Biff's." T-. And I knew, and I don't know how I knew. Like, I don't feel like I know that movie. What to be like? That's definitely Biff's tower. That's Biff's fucking tower. 
And I looked it up later, wow. and yes, 100%. Those arches match. The placement of the lights is match, even though it's slightly busted. I don't, I don't know if it's still there, Ray, but visit Sun Valley, California, you want to steal something. Um, I, I know where it is, and I can tell you where to steal it from. But if, yeah. if Ray steals it, I didn't tell him where to get it. Just for the record. Yeah. And he didn't. I'm trying to think what, because I'm not much of a memorabilia guy. Actually, mm-hmm. I kind of get more of the thing you talked about where you pick up a rock from the side or scratch mm-hmm. a little off the wall. Mm-hmm. As if it, it's like, it's, you know, they've done phylogenic whatever on like the origins of religion, and they're pretty sure animism or mm-hmm. like the idea that like objects and all things have an inherent spirit to it was like the mm-hmm. earliest, you know, religious Makes thought of mankind. Yeah, Makes perfect that's sense. totally what that's pulling from a little bit is like, I'm going to carry this oh, back yeah. to the future. It's your lizard, bla- lizard brain doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. Yeah, it's it yeah. makes me think of Ray. I don't know if you're a Star Trek guy, but it does make me think of the first contact. And I actually just wrote about this in something else, which, by the way, has a bunch of Back to the Future references in it. But um, but there's a moment in first contact where Data and Picard are both looking at the X, which is the ship that's going to go to the future. And like it's this whole thing about Picard has to touch it. And Data doesn't understand why that gives him any kind of thrill or connection to the object because he just doesn't mm-hmm. have that same thing. And then it's obviously there's a mm. solid penis joke right after it. But it's the first thing that made me think like, yeah, yeah, that is a weird, that is a weird. And yeah, three years later, fighter was, I was going around grabbing rocks and shit for these locations while Ray was probably looking on yeah. and being like, okay, okay, dork. Okay, nerd. Enjoy. Um, yeah, I'm not a memorabilia person too much either, but news radio is my, it just, it's a, it's unavoidable. And yeah. I got the tie for free and the, and the, I, and I got this one of a kind costume for a hundred. I will, I will just say that. So that's pretty good deal. You know, pretty- like, but, but on the other hand, like, so like, so I, my wife got me, I asked for this really specific Chicago bears hat. Cause I'm uh-huh. an actual NFL fan to a minimum degree. And I follow <laughs> the, the bears. I enjoy them. But ah, really what, but what Christ, was yeah. more special to me was the idea that, uh, that Clark Griswold in Christmas vacation wore this specific bears hat. Oh, and fuck. Okay. A bears yeah, you remember that? Yeah, okay. Um, I, mean, I do it now. It says in orange Chicago Bears in the mm-hmm. blue. But uh, she got me just like a modern Chicago Bears hat like two mm-hmm. Christmases ago. And I, I never, I'm always a very grateful gift receiver, I think. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of like, oh, you know, this is cool. But like it was, the point was that it was like that other hat. Mm-hmm. So last year she got me that one. And uh, so nice. it's actually more special to me. Like I wouldn't necessarily get off on like it being the one that was worn in the movie. I just like wearing the hat and letting other people who know the mm-hmm. movie like recognize it and go oh mm-hmm. nice and you yeah. so you what you're saying yeah. is somebody then asks and then you and you wouldn't get any joy i'm saying yeah this is actually in chevy chase's head you you ray right. you're too good you're too good for that is what is what i guess is he what needs I'm someone here. to go he needs someone to be like oh dude is that the hat can i that the i'll hat tell you my thing that's what I need, and I'll tell yep. you my most special version of that. Okay. I stop at the um, the from the Goonies, the town of Astoria, Oregon, on a sure. drive through, and I go, and it's like a school day or whatever, but it's like after th- it's like four p.m., so school's out, and I go to the that um, what is it that football field where like the cheerleaders at the front of the movie are like practicing. I went to oh, all sure. the locations by okay. the way. I didn't just go to the local high school, just to be clear. <laughs> but, uh, so I did. Like, I'm here for there. the cheerleaders. <laughs> yeah, and there was nobody there, and I just stood in the middle of the field and had my moment. And as I'm walking out, I swear to God, this happened. I hear the like local the custodian goes, "You a goonie?" <laughs> and I stopped and I went, "Yeah, I am a goonie." And he's like, "All right, <laughs> that was it." And I was like, yes, that was what I needed, Dan. That's beautiful. I needed that moment. Well, that's good. Yeah. That's a moment. Was that's he an phenomenal. older? Was he an older janitor? <laughs> I wonder if he was there when they no, were doing I know, that. right? There's half a no, chance. That would be. God damn. I, now I feel. Janitors tend to like just have those jobs for fucking ever. What if he was an extra in the movie and you then he felt he was so felt so strongly about it? And uh, yeah, that he had to he had to stay there. Like, and he had every it was time. my does... fire ship they filmed on. That <laughs> was my fire ship. What if he wasn't even the janitor? <laughs> you know, he might not have been the custodian. Maybe he like you know locks kids in closets and uh he's, <laughs> yeah. he's sort of like a, more of a horror movie guy uh-huh. and, but the code like the, his like one thing is if you say yes i'm a goonie he lets you go okay <laughs> I barely made it out. if, if you don't say you movie. are a goonie then he makes you a goonie it's like, too old you know he'll he'll dress you up in chunks outfit and make you do <laughs> the dance or give you like a little boxing glove thing or hand in the blender yeah he's got a, it's like a total goonies it's theme. like are you what 
Are you a goonie? Well, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> All right. Here we go. I'm more of a breakfast club kid. It's my parents' fault. I'm sorry. Speaking of janitors. Yeah. Um, he makes them like try to like go down <laughs> sales with a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Because, again, as you established, and he owns a pirate. Yes, he has yeah. a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, oh, what was I? Oh, I can't bring it up. I was gonna, I was gonna tell you who I interviewed again the other day. Ray, we'll say it. I'll say it off the air. I'll tell you who I interviewed. Um, oh. Apropos to your hat, your hat thing. Uh, God damn it, I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie so awesome. much. Um, let's see. I, Dan, got anything? What do you want? You want to? We done? We're good. We've done an hour ish. You want to? You want to? Dan, you want to hit yeah. me? You want to hit me with? No, we'll have Ray. Do you up with some promotion? Best. Yeah, Ray. Let's do Ray. Ray, promote your podcast. I'm drunk. Hit us with it. Um. Hey, you know what? Give it a chance. Go subscribe right now because iHeart here, you know, gets the numbers on the subscribers, and we got like a five week window to like convince them that this has been a success, or else <laughs> ain't no one listening to this thing in January. So <clears> you know, uh, subscribe, give it a listen. If it's your cup of tea, you know, give it a rating and a review. It's Save George. Uh, I'm sorry. The website is savegeorgebailey.com. The podcast is George Bailey was never born. Okay. Wherever you get your podcast, love it. Thank you. Delightful, Dan. Oh, and and Ray, uh, we will come back to you in a moment. Think on something you'd like to leave the audience with. I think it'd probably be easy. You're 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 a schmaltzy guy. It's fine. Uh, Dan, what do you got? What do you want to promote? <laughs> uh, check out ODND at ODNDpodcast.com. I still haven't released the next episode of Welcome to Bailey. That's uh, or Bailey. Fairly normal, um, but that's because I have been. I've got it edited. I just have to do the part where I put in like the credit music and oh, blah, yeah. blah 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 blah. And sure. uh, it hit the fan. Four caps died. It was great. Um, mm, mm, mm-hmm. So, uh, Pan Lucapenia, look it up. It sucks. Um, so, Sorry about uh, that. but now it's uh, we're kind of past it. We have three left, and they are doing much better. They're running around playing. Um, so hopefully, I'll have that out soon, and then. Um, I think uh, we've boycotted uh, Wizards long enough. We're going to also dust off our characters from the original OD&D as well. Figure Yay. we'll probably do maybe a little bit of that, a little bit of barely. Yeah, we can mix it up. That way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've actually already found a really good adventure that's going to, I'm going to tweak it so that it uh, references a character that you guys already know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fun. fun. Um, I, like, I like to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah. So check out oddpodcast.com. I also haven't streamed in like forever. I haven't streamed since fucking Meowerthon in 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 July or whatever. Okay. Um, but I might start doing that again. I've been dusting that off. Mm-hmm. Just uh, have not had the motivation. That's fair. Um, so if if you if you want to check that out, uh, you can check out all my things at Linktree. Um, that's linktr.ee/dgomi. And my Twitch is twitch.tv slash dgomiller. See, Ray, you could have done a very long promo if you wanted. Um, but, you know, you, it's fine. You were kind to our ears. Um, Dan, no insult to you. I love you. Um, everybody go to sketchcomedybook.com. <laughs> everybody go to sketchcomedybook.com or just find my book in your local or fucking order it from your stores if they don't have it. It's called We're Not Worthy. It's the history of 1990s TV sketch comedy. I interviewed 150 people for it, including Carol Burnett. Uh, I was going to say world. His name is Mike Myers. Bob Odenkirk. Um, the, all kinds of uh, delightful people. Oh, and I will also mention, um, I uh, I haven't vetted this, but I think it's come through through an official channel. And Hudson Campbell, who I did interview uh, for it because he's in a Second City pilot who also plays the Santa in Home Alone. If what I've seen is is true, uh, looks like he's uh, trying to read for cancer treatment. So if you go follow him on Instagram, I'll have his Instagram next time and I'll mention mm-hmm. it. Uh, but uh, you know, it just came up in my and I don't normally promote stuff, but uh, that that's that's an important thing. Help help somebody out with their their medical bills because America sucks and we have to pay for ridiculous things. Yeah. Randy, anything you want to leave people with <laughs> after that? Yeah, I don't know if this is what you're looking for, but uh, you mentioned, uh, well, our shared love of Die Hard earlier. Mm-hmm. And we also, it sounds like you just confirmed our shared love of uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, mm-hmm. yes. Lovely. Mm-hmm. And uh, both of those are actually included in episode one, the people's movie of uh, George Bailey was never born, because it turns out we got a hold of this rare recording of John McTiernan saying that he was inspired to turn Die Hard into a Christmas movie because he realized that Frank Capra had used Christmas to like slip through the darker themes he yeah. wanted to get through mm, in love it's a it. Wonderful Life. Love it. And then I know, and then I don't know if you're aware of this, but um, you see Frank Capra's grandson's name in in, in the credits to Christmas Vacation. Oh, he was yeah. the assistant uh-huh. director. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So oh, we, interesting. We, 
we interviewed him about that, and he's convinced that John Hughes was directly drawing from Wonderful Life inspiration, especially for the last scene mm. with the Jelly of the Month Club and all that kind of stuff. Love it. So, uh, ah, there you go. That's what I. That's the thought I would leave folks with is uh, we, it's a very small media world. And maybe you don't love It's a Wonderful Life, but if you love Die Hard and Christmas Vacation and all these other things, it all leads back that's to fair. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, yeah, thanks, what do you guys. got? This was awesome. Yeah, you're a delight. Right? I, I just want to mention that your money used to be in Bob's house and Joe's <laughs> business, and now it's just in an offshore <laughs> bank account. Remember that. <laughs> what are you doing with my money in your house? Uh, I'm going to leave <laughs> everybody uh, with uh, Jesus Christ. I'm just going to be a letdown. I, 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 what, what I fucking got right now? I, I, got, I got goddamn nothing. I literally, I, I literally you know shared the fact that our economy is broken. That's fair. Five million. Uh, and what billion. I will share is that Ray and I uh, wrote a paper about Die Hard uh, in uh, our oh, first five nice. weeks. And, it is, and I cannot find it, but it's one of the funniest, most interesting things I think we ever wrote. It was the most uh, pretentious. Pretentious, but also nail it. Uh, my favorite part was when I came up, I think I came up with this, was that uh, John McClane wrapping the fire hose around his waist uh, uh, oh. and, and letting it dangle between his legs was him being weighed down by his manhood, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. So it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I that ever wrote. That is so pretentious. Oh, Holy so shit. So film school, and it made me so happy. I don't know, man. It takes place in a giant tower. A it does. Symbol. Right. I, I, think, I don't think that stuff was on accident. I don't think so. Uh, you know. And his, first... you know, he does have his shoes, and the shout-out windows mm-hmm. is like walking on glass, which mm-hmm. is how he feels with his ex-wife. Sure. One hundred percent. Oh, he's always walking on glass around her. Her maiden name, a Gennaro. Gennaro. Women, women call their, their vaginas. Could have been any woman. They're Gennaros, right? Everyone yeah. Knows that. yeah, of course. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> This is the weirdest way to end it. it. So your last name right could have been MacGuffin right for all we know. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour, the podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Dan Gomiller and Jason Klom. The Dan and Jay's Community Service theme song was composed and performed by Brian Magic Hands Madison. The Silver Jubilee theme song was composed and performed by Nick Robes with lyrics by Jason Klom. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at our phone number, 747-248-6687. That's R-I-P-2-HUMOR with a U. Subscribe to Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you can find us. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at DJC Hour and Instagram at Dan and Jay Comedy. Or find everything in one place at DanandJay.com. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Goodbye, Dan and Jay's Comedy Hour. Stolen Dress Entertainment. Hey, it's my turn. Ah!